Folks, we're back here after a pretty serious incident. We're gonna we're gonna go into with Mark Spafford and Mark Corsentino, the Marks from uh, Anchorage Water Waste Utility and Anchorage Solid Waste Services. Correct. You, you guys are in charge of both of those, respectively. Yes. Um, so so we're here at KONR, the place I use for the podcasting, and we got we got here. Everybody was on time, and the fucking door to the podcast <laughs> studio for some reason was locked. It's never been locked. And I mean, you guys are legends, and we—I mean, I think I think Mark too. Mark Spafford has some pics of me and Mark basically jimmy, jimmying, jimmying the door open. We really yeah. want to get in. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I send those to you and put them on my you know Instagram. Tonight. Yeah, I mean, and, the assemb- tag you. Tonight's the assembly meeting, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just show, hey, this is what you know we do when we're. I'll, I'll have plenty of time to make social media posts about what we do in our off time. You know. Yeah. So, so I call I call Jason Sear, the guy who like run, you know runs K and R, and I was like, dude, what's it? The door's locked, and he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, it's locked. He's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's locked. <laughs> so, with with a few tools and ingenuity, yeah, that's why that's why you guys run these utilities, right? You guys, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have to you know make do with what we have, you know, and figure out ways to solve problems that are you know both innovative and creative, and that's just what I saw you two doing at the door. Teamwork, teamwork, teamwork's important. Yes. That's how we run. Make sure to talk. There you go. Yeah, teamwork. Um, so I want to talk about, we met last week. I did a podcast with Susanna Caldwell. Yep. Who is with you over at Solid Way Services. We, we did a trash talk. Right. what we called it. It was pretty interesting. We talked about her job with Solid Way Services, but then, you know, she used to work at ADN and right. Dispatch. She's a fascinating story. I, I, it was a good podcast. You listen to it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I listened to it last, uh, um, it was either earlier this, no, last week. And uh, that's the, the thing that I thought was cool about it is that... Uh, you know, when I hired Susanna, it was like she had no experience in recycling or garbage whatsoever. But she was, you know, her and I are pretty much alike in a lot of ways. And she was just extremely intelligent. And I knew that she would just be a good fit for what we were doing there. You know, yeah, she, she was she was talking. She was giving me all kinds of information. Where I was like, how do you know all this shit? Like, yeah. Pretty incredible. So when I met with you guys, it's coffee. I, I got to say, Mark Spafford here, I was like, man, this is my man. He's wearing like a hoodie. He's like, looks like a kind of a trash man. And then Mark uh, Corsentino over here is kind of the, the more, a little more put together with the button up and the, and the slacks. Appearances can be deceiving. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with a name like Corsentino, shouldn't you be the trash guy? Yeah. Bury dead bodies in the landfill like Capone did back in the day. You know, you know like, uh, what's that? What's the, uh, the Sopranos? Wasn't he yeah. in the trash business? Yeah, right. I know. So, so you guys have. But we take each other's trash. Yeah. That's the cool thing about it. Uh, we've been friends for a long time, which is kind of a neat feature, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Strange enough, yeah. Yeah, he actually, the funny story is, is that I think the day that he came to town, I was coming back into town from, like, rural Alaska where I was working. We met at Humpy's. He sat down at the table with me and my girlfriend at the time and started hitting on my girlfriend. And then after that, that's we my, became best of friends. I, you know, I have many a story <laughs> like that. In fact, identical. But I was drinking a beer, so I, you know, I had an excuse. Yeah, you know. several. But we started chatting, and that was that was fifteen years ago. But, yeah, fifteen yeah, years geez, ago. Wow. So, Mar- so Mark Spafford, um, you're in a band, right? I, I'm actually in three bands right now. Wow. So I've got I play with my group, which is called Unknowns. Which, if this airs before Friday, this Friday. We're playing there at Vans on, uh, on Friday night. It probably will be up in the next couple of days, so it should be up before Friday. Okay, cool. And then Saturday, I'm playing with a band called Daddy's Issue um, out oh, at the Brown Bear. I wonder what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> is, that my, wi- is that women? My stage name is Spaff Daddy. The lead singer of that band is named Harp Daddy, and so that's how they came up with Daddy's Issue. 
And then there's a like the 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 lead singer also has his wife in the band, have, and so she's the issue. Have you guys ever listened to? Probably not, but have you ever listened to the podcast Call Me Daddy? No. Yeah, that's pretty raw. It's two women that just talk about their personal lives. It's pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> and, then, and then the other band is the uh, the Monica Lettner band. Nice. So, so yeah, so I pretty much play like every weekend somewhere. And then Mark over here, you you told me you're you're into the uh, kayaking, right? Or the yeah, and if, uh, whitewater kayaking. I used to love doing that stuff. Uh, anything in the water, I've always been a, I've been a fan of. You know, I love water sports. We're talking about how uh, a friend of mine was doing something, and he, he kayaked. I think it was Ship Creek, or it, was it Chest? Was it it was um, Campbell Creek, or the one where he went to the military base? Yeah, that's Ship Creek. And he got he got like busted. Yeah, yeah. That was so that was because uh, Ship Creek's one of the best whitewater runs in the state of Alaska, close by too. But it does go through the military land, and they've basically put that off limits. It's in a lot of the whitewater books and stuff like that. So um, it's a really cool run. I mean, it's pristine. It's out in the – you, you actually start down where, like, uh, people who know, like, Arctic Indian Traverse, you drop down at Ship Creek, put in there, and it's just this gorgeous run. But it goes through the uh, military – there's a dam at the tail end of that thing where there's an impoundment for the military and our shared water supply, one of our water supplies. So they're pretty stringent on the rules, and it's just one of those situations where – for for better or worse, it's just been off limits for a long time, which is unfortunate and from a recreational perspective. But um, you know, unless something changes, that's that's just the way it is. So you guys, so you're, you're doing AWU, and then Mark over here is the Solid Waste Services. They're both city utilities, right? Correct. Yep. So you got, like they're very different. I mean, one's water, one's trash. But you guys work pretty closely together, or do you guys have your own kind of? separate niches that you, you work yeah with. we were joking about that we have this circular trade-off with waste you know it's, it's strange we uh, so on the wastewater side in particular on the sewer side when we treat our wastewater we're left over with this you know we settle out all the solids we treat the water we settle all the solids it turns into this thing called sludge which we dry and treat and then it turns into this thing called uh, biosolids is what we call it we incinerate it right now and then the ash and all the other screens that we pull out of the wastewater plant we take to his landfill which he great graciously receives but oh man the, yeah, it's, it's not it's like a it's a bad day at the landfill when so that wait, stuff wait, comes out was that different than what you were talking about where there's stuff from the landfill that's well see there's the other half so then on the flip side he gets all the ooey gooey nasty stuff from trash that sells down at the bottom of the landfill it's just disgusting purple like kool-aid liquid thing, thing that leachate. you wouldn't want to drink leachate and he leachate 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 Ugh. yeah was it yeah. just probably smells horrible uh, yeah, it's not like the best thing to be around all the time. <laughs> oh, so, so, so that gets taken to our wastewater treatment plant. And we treat that. And so we're always on the circular thing, you know, where we, we both charge each other for the different waste streams. Yeah. But now we're, we're both in this predicament. Like I said, we incinerate our solids, right? You know, and so that's an expense that we've been incinerating our biosolids, which is, you know, kind of people have all kinds of creative ways to deal with biosolids. People put it on as fertilizer and farms in the rural areas and stuff, but there's all these problems with it now because there's this new contaminant, this PFAS contaminant. Yeah, right. It's been talked about in the legislature and oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's fi- well, fire retardant and stuff, right? Among other things. It's in Teflon. It's in your range. It's in everything. It's in super consumer products, right? Everyone, we want uh, these perfect products that don't re- repel water. There's this super pants, super shirts, super glasses, super bottles, super everything we have. Uh-huh. It's all made of really super cool chemistry products. And those chemistry products, we made them so great that they don't biodegrade, so they accumulate and they, they, they end up, when you throw that stuff away eventually, it goes in the trash or goes down your sinks and toilets into the wastewater plants. So we get the tail end of that stuff. So we're both, we're, I'm at the tail end of my life on an incinerator. He's got to figure out his trash issues. Landfill's only got a limited life. So we've got this combined concept that we can kind of solve each other, help each other solve each other's issues in a very economic manner and actually solve the South Central's so, problems with PFAS. So one of the things I Hopefully. was ta- talking to Suzanne, yeah, Suzanne about um, and the PFAS thing is interesting because I don't think we, as far as I know, we don't really know 
they haven't studied it long enough to know, you know is, is it like a um, asbestos? Like, what's the long term? You know, do we know what the long term is? It, is it really bad? Is it not that bad? I think there's been some studies, but they're, yeah. they've all been short term. Correct. And there's only... And their PFAS is per and polyphenolalkyl substances as a class of compounds. But then there's two specific compounds they know a lot about, which well, is PFOS and PFOA. PFOA, right? That's yeah. a whole other. Well, no, it's, it's part of the class. There are two specific compounds in the class of compounds. But the class of compounds, there's hundreds, if not thousands of them. They don't know how they all, what the chemical manufacturers, after, after one gets kind of banned or get, gets a bad name, they use another one. But then they then they have to restudy up on it, figure out the it's consequences. Like a, it's like a breaking but Walter White. You yeah, know, kind of. Exactly. Move the chemical, <laughs> yeah. change the chemical a little it's bit. It's chemistry, yep. yeah. Chemistry's cool, right? Right. So, so you got you guys Better um, living through chemistry. One of the things I talked to Susanna about, um, and regarding the trash, but this is also true for the for the water. Is I think we all, you know we all use water every day. We all have trash every day. But but I mean, who really ever stops and thinks about like what if the trash stops or what if there's problems with the water? I mean, until that happens, I think nobody thinks about it. But I mean, the reality is if 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 either one of your utilities has malfunctions or stops working, I mean, everybody, I mean regardless of income or location or anything, everybody's affected. Everybody yeah. would be affected. It'd be like Armageddon. You know, you'd have piles of, of trash in the street and people just burning stuff everywhere, and then you don't have water to put anything out because have you, have you seen <laughs> the, the water's new, off. Have you seen the new Joker movie? No, I haven't, but I'm really interested so in, in seeing in the that. new Joker movie, I won't give it away, but there's a, a part of the theme is like there's a trash strike. So there's trash everywhere. Right. It's just like everywhere. Yeah, and it's it, piling up in the cities and the streets, and there's like rats and... You know the super rats. Yeah, it, like I mean that route, that routinely used to happen, like in larger cities, right? Like the sanitation workers would go on strike, and you know you'd have trash just piling up all over the city, and it'd be chaos for a while. Well, and then they used to in the cities on the coast, they didn't have a place to put their trash, so they put in these barges out in the middle of the ocean, and just sit there and float around for like months on end because no one could figure out what to do with it. Right. right? That was that actually happened in the eighties. Growing up as a kid, I remember that. Yeah. Well, I can't even imagine like hundred years. You know, when the horse manure was a big thing, and <laughs> before before you know, auto the car and. Just all the, I mean, the, the cities must, must have just used to s- just smell horrible. Right. Yeah. And there's really no, you know, oh, yeah. organized trash system. Well, yeah, modern day sanitation, that was one of the big things they started with is just drainage to keep all the pooey stuff away from the houses when they threw it out their windows and stuff. So, so when it rains really hard yeah. <laughs> or when there's like a big snow melt, right? Yeah. So we see some, sometimes there's like puddles because yeah. the roads aren't, you know, done right. Like I used to live, I live over on Sil- off Sylvan. And for years they were trying to fix yeah. it, and it would just it would collect. I mean, it'd be like like you'd almost like swim in it. Yeah. And it finally got fixed, but there's still the water when it melt off, and, and you know after a big big rainstorm, so that water goes in those little drains, right? You yeah. See them in the city, but so, like where does it go? <laughs> well, creeks in the ocean. So that's that's the third utility where the city's contemplating. So you got water, which is potable water, you're drinking water, and you got the wastewater, which is your flush of the toilet, showers, all the dirty water, sanitary water, and then you got this third waste water source, which is storm water, which is what all the runoff from the streets, rains, roofs, all that kind of stuff. And that ends up going through underground storm drain pipes, and then it makes its way into the creeks. So there's then, a series of these pipes underground. Several and, hundred miles, yes. And you were, you were saying that they, they aren't just city or just, I mean, they're all they're different. Yeah, so that's the tricky part. Under DOT right-of-way, the DOT owns those things. Under MOA right-of-way, MOA owns them. And then you got the hillside districts that they own theirs as well, or at least they manage them. So you got an assortment of different entities owning it, and there's... And unfortunately, because it flows by gravity downhill and into the creeks and oceans, the low points in towns, you've got a mismatch of sizing and storm. You know, you got to size those storm drain pipes to meet a certain type storm event. And so if you've one, the downstream entity hasn't consulted with the upstream entity, when that upstream entity puts their new development in, it's not going to fit in the downstream entity. Then you get flooding, collapses, all kinds of issues. So, so, you, so do we, 
where do we we treat we treat water right it's there's a minimal treatment the stormwater yeah there's a permit that and yes you have to have oil grease separators uh sometimes you have to read i don't i don't know our permit very very well i'm not gonna lie because we're not taking that over yet but the point a lot of entities around the united states they do have they can have filtration systems but we at least have ogs separators oil grease separators you get all the solids settling out and the floatables like from you know all the oils and stuff from your car float out they're supposed to suck all those out periodically and then some places have retention and detention basins because that provides you know the other thing about impervious surfaces are developed cities is you got these huge flash flooding type events because if the more impervious surface you have the same amount of rainfall can create like a big huge spike in your flows which erode the living daylights of your streams causes damage and stuff like that hurts your so when you, when you see these like big storms in like lower 48 or once in a while you see them here when you have this big flood these big flooding events it's just there's just, there's there's more water than the system can deal with is that kind of yeah that and, and and part of it is because you all the impervious look at look at was it dallas or houston first of all <laughs> water doesn't flow very fast and they built this concrete jungle if you will and so none of the water goes back infiltrates back in the ground it just runs off but there's yeah you can't size the things big enough to get it away from the when, city when i was a kid and i grew up in new mexico so maybe okay. that's a yeah. new mexico thing but i remember as a i don't know fifth or fourth or fifth grade we had a field trip to the to the water treatment plant and i'll never forget i was very young but there was this big circular i don't know pit yeah. and it was like brown water and it was being sp- is that is that like do we have that here or is that something yeah. well that's on the wastewater side we do those are clarifiers so that those settle out the solids and that's what create the bottom of that all that stuff settles out yeah i i, I, I remember just having this vivid memory of of because it was really deep right and we oh, yeah. we look into it we, we, they were showing it to us and i remember having this vivid memory of like god if i like falling in there would be the fucking worst thing possible <laughs> like well they want shaka factory yeah but but so, but do, we, do, we, so, so do we have do we is that we do have that. That's at our we our we have three wastewater treatment plants: one at Gerdo, one at Eagle River, and the big ones at, at Point Warren's off uh, near at the end of Kincaid by the runway in the airport. How many people? I mean, I've been here fifteen years. I've never been. I mean, do people go there? Or not? Yeah, it's not the most. It's not the top on the list, you know. But the reality is, and even if we did, it's uh, it's a secure facility. So you, I, th- I don't know if we give tour. We give tours to a couple of our facilities. Uh, we should get a landmine tour in there. We should. That's actually a good idea. I love the. I mean, yeah, you can do that, the landfill too. I mean, there's like, you know, there's a, a lot of really complex things that occur like in both of our departments, you know, because people, I think, just think that, you know, you put your garbage out by the curbside and the garbage fairies just take it away. <laughs> but there's there's like a hundred plus people that are dealing with that every day that are making sure it gets from, you know, your curbside out to the landfill and properly disposed yeah, of. And, and it's the same thing on his and with yeah. his group, too, with water. I've never been water. to the landfill, um, but Susanna was saying it's a pretty secure facility, right? You can't just go and. Yeah, you just can't. Like, I wanted to go. Rum- I wanted to go rummaging. You know, see if I can find a watch or something. <laughs> yeah, we kind of frown on that. <laughs> we don't like people just like wandering around through so the trash. They may end up in the it. trash accidentally. I remember backhoes. <laughs> there was there was this lady that was like on the public wall at the transfer station, and she was digging through like uh, you know the lawnmowers and stuff. And I told her. I was like, you can't do that here. And she's like, well, I can do it in Fairbanks. And I was like, well, this isn't Fairbanks. <laughs> We're not Fairbanks. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> you know, sorry, it's for your safety. It's for your safety, right? I, so. told, I told Susanna that when I was a kid, my last name is Landfield. And you know, on the website, the Landmine, we have the Landfill section, the humor parody and satire. But when I was a kid, they used to always say, oh, Jeff, Landfill, let you smell. You're a trash dog, <laughs> Landfill. It was like Trump. I mean, it was a kid. And with the third, fourth, fifth, you know, grade, it probably by middle school stopped. But like they used to always call me Jeff Landfill. See, see dude, you need, to, you need to embrace that. And I we, did. We, we have need, the, no, I know we need to get your picture out at the landfill, like in front of the sign, and you can use that as like you know maybe one of your, what, what, your whenever whenever photos. I whenever I drive to, towards the valley or whatever Eagle River when I see the landfill sign. It, every time, I mean, I've been here fifty. I always have this like little flashback of like, "Get landfill, you smell." Triggers <laughs> those horrible childhood. But memories. that but that gas produces energy too. 
Yeah. Right. So yeah, we're talking about the the Doyon has the the plant and they sell they sell it to the military base, right? Yeah, correct. So we collect the methane. Uh, Doyon Utilities purchases the methane, and then they generate electricity with it. And then you know Fort Rich, the Fort Rich side of Jay Bear buys it. So so how long? It, she was saying it takes like years for you bury it, I guess, and then years later it produces this methane. Yeah, correct. Like per per like our operating permit, you know, after you have trash in the ground for five years, you have to have a gas collection system, and so that's usually the rule of thumb is like about five years it takes for the gas to really start get, you know, cooking inside of the landfill and start being produced. So what, what is it? Just pressure and it's or what, it's like composting. It's just like it's it, a it, composting. Yeah, it's anaerobic like, degradation. It, 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 it's, yeah. it's breaks heat, down and it's more heat, chemistry. Yeah, heat and <laughs> liquid. Walter, Walter White. Yeah, <laughs> heat, liquid, and like organic material. That's you know cardboard boxes and food waste and yard scraps and all that stuff that people are throwing away in there. Give you guys some more room on the... Uh, I see Mark... Mark's uh, He's too big for that chair, man. But I can bust that door down so, if I need to see. So, 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 so Mark Baffert is like, we get the door down, he sits in the nice comfy chair, and then, and then my other Mark over here is like sitting in this weird... Like, I hate that chair. It's this weird plastic. It's not meant for big guys. Yeah. So then I was like, well, try that chair, but now you're on the end of the table, so like the, 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 the headphones are barely reaching. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a rotten friend. <laughs> I do Mark like Yo, that. A beer. I know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, other thing I want to talk about was this stormwater utility, yeah. uh, proposed stormwater utility, and um, a lot of people have asked me about it, and, and you guys oh, yeah. gave me a report yeah. that I read through that was interesting. You actually read through that. Awesome. I, I read through the summary. Okay. I read through the executive <laughs> executive summary. But um, if you want to read more, I've got the whole report right here. Oh my god! Look at that. That's <laughs> whoo, a lot going on there. Yeah. Same cover. So, talk a little bit about. I, I know some people. You know, some folks are like, "Oh, it's more. Oh my god, more government." So that's yeah. maybe a Right, right thing to, to question, but yeah. um, talk a little bit about that and then why it makes sense to, because you said we have all these different people managing all these different. Yeah, it's, I mean, the key ingredient is a couple things. You want to make sure you have overall management authority, one management authority, so you, you can make sure all the things done in a comprehensive and cohesive manner. In other words, it's not figure pointing, left hand's managing one way, the other's managing a different way. You want to make sure that, that it's an integrated system. You have watersheds. Water only goes in one direction when it flows, which is by gravity, especially in the storm drain systems, because it's, it's where your creeks and your, your water sources, creeks and oceans, it all goes to the ocean, essentially, right? So then you want to make sure there's some level of treatment because we have a permit. We have a municipal separate storm sewer permit, and that's an EPA slash ADC permit. So you have to follow those permit requirements. So therefore, you need funding. Now, that traditionally, uh, roads and drainage have gone hand in hand. They still always do because when you have a roads, that's where the majority of the sources come from is the roads and the houses and subdivisions that flow into that stuff, right? So you want to make sure you have equitable funding as well. So the big thing, one of the big challenges there is you've got some large contributors to stormwater, huge parking lot areas that may be tax-exempt agencies, and they're not paying anything for it. So this is one of the ways to make it equitable. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say Providence Hospital. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say it, right? If they're tax-exempt, you bet. Yeah, if they, they've got a lot of infrastructure, roofs, impervious surfaces, and they're contributing to storm drains, then yeah, then they, they sh- the, the intent so, is... So the utilities make... Utilities are utilitarian. They're not... They don't care... You know, even God has to pay, essentially, the type of thing. They don't care. I mean, everyone pays fairly. The richest man, the poorest person, for better or worse, that's how utilities work. So, it's like gas. Gas, electric. You use gas and electric, you pay for it based on usage. Now, this isn't necessarily usage, but it's based on your lot size and what you could contribute on a, on a design-type storm. You've got to pay for that This is like a, This is like a... Uh not a user pay. What would you call it? You could call it a user fee. Yeah, I mean, that's... it's. You, you pay based on how much you contribute to the potential so, contribution so, so yeah. when it snows or rains a lot and there's a parking lot yep. you were saying before in houston the water has nowhere to go because it's, right. it's a parking lot so yeah. it's, it's it's concrete whereas if it yeah. was grass or regular ground it would seep into the ground right and, yeah and you'd still get some minor runoff but so that's how you'd bill is based on 
you know, again, you're, you're sizing the infrastructure is what you're really you're paying for under the ground, right? And so basically you're making sure that you're paying your fair share of that infrastructure. And that's no different than a lot of water, sewer, um, gas, and electric utilities all pay in that way. You're a portion of your bill is just the base infrastructure. So, so right cost. now, who's managing all of this? Yeah, well, uh, street maintenance, you know, in the, so, but they're, they've got a lot on their plate. So they do it to the best they can based on the funding they have, but it's not necessarily funded to the level of service that's needed. In other words, so they're, they're reactionary. They don't always, they can't get everything done that they need to do. So really it's, and, and, and part of it's because they're, a lot of their money comes from bonds. So if a bond, not normally road bonds don't get rejected, but the point being is road bonds are for road surface improvements. They don't necessarily do the under, underground stuff either all the time, so, which so, it's out of sight, out of mind. So I, I won't go, I want I won't ask your opinion on the Campbell Lake situation, but <laughs> what's, what's interesting, I bring that up because obviously the article we did, I'm sure you guys probably yeah. saw it and it's gotten a lot of traction, yeah. but, but the, the reason I bring it up is in 1990, when the, the state, I'm sorry, the city decided to rebuild the dam, yeah. it was because the homeowner association said your your stormwater runoff is creating pressure on our yeah. dam so is this related I and mean, this is well, that, related yep. right because the water goes into campbell lake correct yeah everywhere uh, there's outfalls if you will another storm drain outfalls that go into a creek which campbell creek is the original creek it may go into a lake now but yeah you have to account for that kind of stuff so that could be a future liability for the stormwater utility is campbell lake and, and you know if they claim there's sedimentation that's causing uh, uh, uh sedimentation accumulation of sediments that needs to be reconciled and so that will be an issue of contention, more like in the future. Well, I mean, they dredged, clarification, it. They dredged it years ago, but we, we floated in there with um, pet rafts, and the entrance of it, I mean, it's basically it's a foot deep, which is, <laughs> I'm sure, sediment being deposited. But but so, so basically, all the Campbell Creek, that's one of the main ones, Campbell Creek and I guess Ch- Chester uh, Creek, Chester Campbell Creek, Creek Ship Creek, uh, Rabbit Creek. I mean, there's Creek. I mean, then you got, well, you have Eagle River, then you got Ingerdwood. Not Eagle River and Ingerdwood may not be in this initial round Man, of that, Stormwater Utility. Uh, I, I hiked. Um, this summer, I went up back to Symphony Lake and Eagle Lake. Oh, yeah. And, man, that fucking South Fork is raging. Rage, well, that's yeah. all glacial I mean, I, runoff, I, yeah. I didn't. I knew it was a big river, but, we, you know, you cross at one point, and it's, it's like, I mean, if you fall in there, you're probably dying. Yeah. It, right. it was a major, major... It'd be a little chilly, yeah. I mean, just the, the force of the, of the rat. I don't know what class it was, but you... Look pretty strong. It looked pretty yeah, freaking scary. It is. Yeah, I've I've not ever pack rafted that stretch. It's it's because it well eventually that goes when it crosses. You went to the where'd you go to the South Fork? Yeah, uh, we yeah. So South. you you went on the way to Camp or Ship Lake or not Ship Lake? Um, no, I know e- Eagle Lake. Somebody yeah. like you cross this area where you. I think that's the South Fork, and but yeah, that actually goes through a series of waterfalls out because that goes up. Is that Highland Road area? Yeah, right? yeah, way it's up, up way there. Up there yeah. yeah, there's a pretty cool waterfall down there, but it's I don't know that people run it in a pack raft or kayak, but. Most people I, I take out vi- at the road crossing. I saw a video on somebody on, on YouTube, and it was like he had a you know a dash cam on his helmet or something. It was two of them, and it was like one point the guy flipped. He was able to, <laughs> yeah. but it, look, it looked fucking real scary. Yeah, well, that yeah, dry suits for that kind of stuff, which is probably made of PFAS compounds. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, go back to the trash side. So, I mean, it seems like things are operating pretty pretty good. I mean, nobody really ever complains. The trash gets picked up. Are we landfill has. Quite a few years left. In yeah, it? the landfill's got about forty years of life left, and uh, um, all things being equal as they are today. And so, if you go to our website at uh, muni.org uh, forward slash sws, you can actually see what I like to call the doomsday clock, which is a live countdown of how much life we actually have left oh in my the God. landfill. So it, 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 it's it's really cool because it takes into account all of our uh, you know electronic data that we're collecting every day, whether it's for recycling or the amount of garbage going out to the landfill. It all back calculates into like an estimated life remaining, which it's it's really cool. We just need to get some good music for it. You know, like yeah, so, no, you guys. Should- 
the final countdown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, gotta get. But forty have... years isn't a lot either when you think of it from a you know perspective. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, uh, by the time you know I'm wrapping up my life here, it's it's going to be gone. And unfortunately, what, there's there's what, no other space left in Anchorage for another landfill. When did trail. we build it? It was built in the mid '80s, and so I think actually it took its first load like in you know October of of 1987. So, so every city, uh, I guess, over some size, I don't know where you start like maybe you can tell me has to have a landfill right i mean that's really where else are you gonna put your trash well they they have to have some place for it to go so yeah pretty much everybody that that generates garbage or has like a population of some sort has to have some way to deal with their with their garbage see my idea is my idea is we put it in space yes (laughs) like we put get a big rocket fill it with trash boom throw it into like a big container and then push it out into the ether Shoot, shoot it off into the sun, just yeah. like throw it right to the sun. Yeah, why, I mean, why not? Which mm-hmm. brings us to like a really good segue into what we're looking at right now, which is something called waste to energy, which we, again, like the, the landfill gas to energy plan out there is a form of waste to energy. But one thing that we're exploring right now, because it's like my job and what I always babble on about to the assembly and everybody I talk to is that we need to, to try to do everything that we can to extend the life of the landfill for as long as possible. And the best technology out there right now is, is something called mass burn, which is basically an incinerator that reduces the volume of garbage by 90%, and you're only taking 10% of the ash that's left, and you basically solve your landfill problem for what the next years. What do you do with the, uh, the heat? We, that's good. That's a good question. Look, look, look at me. Look the, at me. Hey, the heat. You, the, you didn't even prompt me with the, that. I just, the, heat, the heat could be used for, like, you know, a district heating system. So if there was buildings around wherever the incinerator are built, they could heat those buildings. But kind of the, the most important thing that you get from a process like that is you generate heat, which would, you know, turn into steam, which would, um, you know, turn electric turbines. So, so the cost to generate of electricity. basically have to buy this incinerator, large incinerator? It's a, yes. It's a, it's a quite expensive capital project. Um, mil- tens of, tens hundreds, of mil- hundreds of millions of dollars. Wow. So yeah, I think our initial estimates are between three hundred and four hundred million dollars. That's like what those like turbines cost. I think those Chugach, right? They're pretty expensive. Yeah, their big power plant was pretty expensive in that manner. But the one of the benefits you can get is you get power production, but it also um, well, and the key I think one of the the big things for us that's a huge thing for the whole South Central, quite frankly, the United States is incineration is one of the only ways known to take care of PFAS down to its elemental forms. In other words, all these super compounds are talking about. Oh, so you burn they them. Don't, yeah, if you burn them, then they're, then they're no longer harmful anymore. When you guys testify before the assembly, or is it like, oh, fuck, the utility guys are back? Because <laughs> I mean, like, what I was saying before is we don't really think about the water, the water turns on, the yeah. shower works, we drink water, the trash gets picked up, but we don't think about La- it. Last meeting we went to, Mark actually took the brunt. He, he's actually the bad guy, you know, which I feel bad for him. <laughs> oh, because of the stormwater utility? Or? <laughs> well, the wastewater. So we went to, the, actually, that was a joint assembly yeah. borough meeting, which we're... Oh, yeah, we, I saw a picture. I didn't, do they yeah. do those? Is that yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, once it's, a year. Yep. I didn't even know that. I mean, I know they yeah. did, like, the Anchorage caucus with the legislators, but... Yeah, it was like the joint Matsuburo Anchorage. Yeah, we I get chastised a lot because people think we dump raw sewage in the ocean, which we don't. We have a we have a a, a permit modification that allows. See, they us. they like Mark Spafford. <laughs> yes, yeah. Mark Quarantino over here. They're no, like, God damn it, you're polluting yeah. our water. But I'm Italian, so they're afraid of me. You know, maybe you have that kind of big guy look. <laughs> no. So I, you know, you have that like, all right, just let him do it. <laughs> Shit, I got connections. You know, no, I don't. But <laughs> I wish. Call my trash. Call call, my, call, my, call uh, Guido and Danny yeah. over at the trash. <laughs> so so he gets beat up after his during his presentation yeah. and. I I got high five yeah. by one of the assembly members because of you know the, we, we were talking about the the mass burn or the incinerator concept with the uh, with the Matsu and the. We got all assembly. excited. So you, could we do that like as a partnership? That's that, that actually what? the more garbage that we can like 
get to that incinerator, actually the cheaper it's going to be. And, and, and I was thinking like when, when we initially went into the pre-feasibility study that the cost to process the trash was going to be so far outside of the realm of, of feasibility um, that it would make it you know, economically not viable. But in reality, the, the initial economic pro forma we did, it's comparable to how much we're paying per ton to dispose of trash now, which is really, really kind of exciting. Because when you think oh. about the other benefit of you know, you solve your landfill problem as well. You know, and and a, to develop like we've probably spent three hundred million dollars at developing the landfill over the last thirty plus years. Is anybody doing this incinerator? Oh, all thing? over the world. They're everywhere. Yeah, they're they're extremely popular. Like in Japan, uh, China's building a but lot. Japan's of them. only you know limited space, very limited. Well, that's space. right. Yeah, yep. but even Europe. I mean, Europe in does Europe. all. I mean, and there's several in the United States. There's, I mean, there's like, actually a lot of them. There's actually seventy-seven of them oh, in the United States. How, like, how big are we talking about? Like like space-wise is. It could be. I mean, some of them are on twenty-acre sites. Some of them are on. Uh, I mean, some of them are incorporated like into to the middle of cities. Like I think there's one that they just opened up in Baltimore. That's kind of like in the middle of a downtown area. They certainly do that everywhere in Europe, and they they try to make the buildings to. I think. I think know, we should architecturally go, get them I, into the community. I think we right? need to go on a fact-finding mission. Well, Honolulu yeah, has to, one to Europe. <laughs> yes. Okay, we can do that too. I think we need to go to Europe. Well, you it. you laugh about that, but that's actually what um, the the. I'm not of, laughing. I'm going. No. <laughs> <laughs> The, the newest one in West Palm, that's what they, West Palm Beach, that's what they did with all of the, the county commissioners to show them that this isn't a scary technology and that it's proven. They took them all on a trip to Europe and they got to see, you know, 20 or 30 different incinerators. I think, we need, to call, I think we need to call Mayor Ethan and put in a, a rec, rec, requisition. So when you guys go and testify, is it, do they refer to you as the Marks or is that just me? Am I? I'm calling you guys the marks now, the utility marks. They may call him mark. They don't think they call me anything. No, no. <laughs> you're, you, 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 you're going to do. You're going to make a mark. You're, you're gonna, yeah. yeah, somebody's going to be marked. <laughs> so so uh, we got you guys got to leave soon. But I want to ask um, one more thing about the the water situation. So I mean, nowadays globally, water is the new you know yeah. thing people are starting to fight wars over. Yeah, um, we live in a place where there's abundant yeah. water, which is which is good. Um, how, how, I mean, how much? How much of a concern is water? I mean, I know Alaska is probably not much of a concern, but you know, you've worked in this for a long time. Other places are we're set up droughts really well and there's situations yeah. with you know just lack of water. I mean, what's what's going to happen in the so future? So we have a great we have several great water sources, obviously, and we do have to pay for our water at least from Akutna Lake because the power consortium owns the water rights, but we have to pay for them. So, but it's but it's a small cost, relatively speaking, it's still a cost. But we've got a great source because it's got you got the, it's fed by that glacier. It was interesting is I mean, there's no inflow in the, in the lake this summer. We had a drought. Actually, one of our water sources, which was Ship Creek, we actually had to stop producing water from it because the ship, the creek was so low. You saw the news, some of those coastal communities, I mean, they just ran out of water. And and we were oh, fortunate. Really? Wow. Yeah, we were fortunate because the uh, Clutena Lake, when it gets hot like that, the glacier just spills in there. The lake was really, really high this summer. Now, that's only going to last so long. I mean, the glacier's receding pretty quickly. I mean, there's still, it won't, we won't see it uh, gone in our in our lifetime or even in the century, quite frankly. But it is something that we have to think about. Our community needs to think about long term. We also have deep wells in town, which are really, really good producing wells, too, and they're very, very clean. And, and fortunately for us, we don't have any PFAS contamination in our, any of our water sources. I, think, I mean, Fairbanks seems more concerned about that. They do, they? because they've, well, they have the military bases that use some of those things. DOD is a huge contributor to the studying this stuff, because Department of Defense, because they've been one of the source, you know, the aqueous foam forming fighting agents on airport, you know, type fighting. Fire suppression training type stuff. Uh-huh. That's where one of the biggest sources of it were, especially for groundwater contamination, where there's wells near military bases. Those have been one of the bigger contributors to that kind of problem. But we're for, we don't have that here. We're lucky. We still have it in our waste streams only, but that's because it's human consumed products that get 
taken to the plant. Now we're also fairly fortunate. We're also really, really low levels, but it's something that we have to be cognizant of and be careful of. And the bigger thing is the end products from both him and I both, whether it's trash or sludge, biosolids, that's, if they, if that becomes a hazardous substance, you have to do something with it. Right. Wait, real quick, what do you mean biosolids? I mean, this is like, like stuff that when it's complete, when it's, it's what you flush down. It's, yeah. It's poop. Processed poop. If so, you so, so it's just, it's just like a, it's just sludge, basically. Yeah, when it's, all, it's, yeah, it's called sludge initially. You dry can, it to biosolids. Can you make fertilizer out of it? Or? So, well, yes, but see, that's that's there's so there's a big mo- new movie coming out. Surprisingly, in Hollywood, they're doing this surprise. It's going to be like the new Aaron Brockovich, but it's going to be about PFAS. And what it is is an interesting story. If you can bear with me for a minute, there was a farmer who was taking so biosolids around the United States, all the wastewater plants. They call them waste to energy plants too. As our Energy recovery plant. Wastewater plants have strange names. But that, what's changes. the thing about energy is never created or destroyed? It's resource recovery. Re- resource forms. recovery center. Thank you. Yeah. What's that? That's like a law of energy, conservation of energy. Look at me. And, I got some enthalpy, school. entropy. <laughs> enth- yeah. Some yeah. schooling here from the like bottom line grade. is uh, so wastewater plants around the world have always their sludge leftover sludge. They've made they've made a lot of fertilized projects, especially in the in the lower forty eight. We have golf courses nearby. They made all kinds of fertilizers. Or in farming industries, they sprayed it on top of all the for- corn farm fields and stuff like that. So there's a there, largely it's a true story. I haven't seen this movie yet because it's coming out soon. I don't have the name yet either, but I'd Google it, right? But point being is they uh, this guy was land applying all this uh, biosolid sludge on his farm and getting great crops. Well, the crops, uh, it started contaminated as well. So the cows are drinking all the water and then the, the milk got contaminated. So his crops are contaminated, his cows, his meat got contaminated, his milk got contaminated by PFAS, all because he's putting land applied biosolids or sludge from wastewater plant oh, on his sure. land. So the guy got screwed if you will and there's a big movie about it i don't know you know i don't know if it's all an exaggeration or if it's a real story but that's what i've been told is coming out but it's a it's a real life event because it's a it's a it, the, the stuff bioaccumulates it's persistent it doesn't break down normally unless you treat it like the, isn't, isn't the other thing i was gonna ask you like isn't there a thing where people are you know either flushing down or they take like pills and they go into the water pharmaceuticals and stuff like that yeah those is that are, a big is it a problem or it, it, yeah it can be so those are uh yeah those are yes it can be i mean that's those is, are, is it from taking them and then you like like what human waste or is it just people dumping them in the in both the- honestly so we we have a take take back prescription drug day you know we support that because we want people to not dump them down the toilets yeah because people even quite should just throw them in the trash and dump, dump them down the drain yeah right, right. yeah it, well it's probably a black market for some of that stuff of now. Opioids. <laughs> 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 but even even when you take them like caffeine it does not really process in your body so it goes through you it flushes through you if you will and it makes its way down the the treatment plan as well but when i was walking in i, I mark was already <laughs> yeah. in here mark's quarantino here the Waterman, I said, I'm going to take a piss. And I was like, oh, you're the AWU guy. Maybe if you want to you know, come check it out. You know? <laughs> I, I passed just so everyone's aware. <laughs> like, it's like better him than the other guy. Right? <laughs> but it didn't offend no, me, I'm, though. I'm, I'm just up to my ass in trash. You know, Mark's, yeah. you know he's, his, his stuff smells worse, in my opinion. So, yeah. so um, last thing, I mean, how, how are we overall, like, what would you give the rate? Are we 1, one to 10 on our utilities? Or are we... Look, I, Things are like pretty good to me. I yeah. think we're extremely lucky, yeah. and I and I would say because I, I can I used to work at AWU too, and I won't speak for Mark, but I would you know I, we go to conferences, um, you know we send people out all the time, and kind of the stuff that we're doing relative to some of the other struggles that a lot of our other peer utilities deal with, we're doing really well, um, and you know a lot of that just comes with having a positive attitude a lot of times. But as far as like the programs and the the life of the landfill that we have, that's a natural resource that a lot of communities don't have. The amount of recycling, the different programs we have for composting, you know, glass collection, all that stuff. We're in a really good spot as far as 
um, you know, solid waste disposal and collection is concerned. And we've got great water sources, so we're really fortunate. We're, we're innovative it's in like, our technology. It's, like, it's like Trump yeah. got great water. Yeah, but water here's is the one so thing. Good. It's, 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 it's tremendous water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best. It's the like, best of the best of the water. The big thing we're working on now is making sure rates stay affordable because that's the big challenge, especially with our, we've been in our, what, third to fourth year of recession, and so we need to make sure that people can afford, whether it's trash, water, and sewer. That yeah, I'm on my condo board, and, you know, we are, our association um, pays the water bill. Yep. And we're, we're always like, we, after you're having our budget meeting pretty soon, and we always try to make sure we have a, <laughs> keep, keep that water bill pretty good. Yeah, you know, we pay right. like yeah. 70 grand a year or something. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we got, we, we, <laughs> thank you for the water. You know, we keep we, using we, it. We love, we love it. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming yeah. in. This has been a really, really fun yeah. water trash podcast here. <laughs> yeah, my, our pleasure. Yeah. I mean, we should do it again sometime. Maybe. I'd love to do it again. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can do something with the band. Yes, that would get, be awesome. We'll do something with the band, and we can get, you know, we could hook up. Do the some, tours uh, of the facilities. We, we can do a, a mic uh, a mic on uh, Mark Sporantino when he's going down the, the river. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'd love to come oh, yeah. to each one of your facilities, and if we could do a video yeah. or, you know, just do a tour. Any, and, yeah, anytime. Actually, just call up Susanna, and she'll okay. get you taken care of. Cool. I so. like that, guys. All right, well, thanks for coming in. It's been a, it's been a great podcast. I appreciate yep. it. Thank thanks, you. Jeff. All right, uh, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, uh, get a hold of me, and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.